Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. All right, let's get into the message. Blessed to be a blessing. I was thinking about it last week. A thought came to me. It's a good thought. And the thought is, most people are trying to succeed in life, but they are not. You don't need to be a nuclear physicist to know that most people are not successful. In fact, a church like Worship Harvest is sort of an anomaly where the level of success in one grouping of people in a church like Worship Harvest is a bit abnormal. That's why everywhere we go, they call us the church of the rich people. It is, in fact, some people here in Naria where we're broadcasting from, some people are shocked to find out that you are allowed to attend this church even if you are not driving. Because they thought driving was a requirement to be a member. And I was like, what kind of church is that where they require people to drive to be a member? Where did people come up with all these imaginations from? But it just shows you that there is something extraordinary that God has wrote, has done in the lives of the people in this church. So I was thinking about it that and, and a big, simple but big thought hit me that to really succeed in life is not complicated. All you have to do is help other people succeed. That's all. Yeah. If you commit yourself to helping other people succeed in life, you will never fail in life. So, for example, if you're employed somewhere in a company, and in your heart of hearts, you want whoever started that company to succeed, you can't fail. Because when that company succeeds, and everyone knows that that success, you have played a key role in it, of course you'll be rewarded. And sometimes you think that it is the owner of the company rewarding you, but actually it's not. You see, people are wicked. Even those who own companies. You'll be shocked that it's probably not them who, who is rewarding you. It's God rewarding you because God has promised in his word to reward you. And he can use that owner to reward you. And if that owner doesn't reward you, God will find other ways to reward you because you've been true to his word because God's word does not pass away. Come on, people. I'm preaching better than you are listening. Now, blessed to be a blessing. The other week I sent out a, a, an audio by Bishop Doug and asked that all the people, adults in the discipleship family listen to it and, and then I sent out a second one and uh, the responses were very interesting. Some people were super excited. The audios were about tithing. Some people were super excited. They got so many testimonies of people who have never tithed all their lives who were just beginning. People getting tithe numbers, etc., etc. Others were infuriated. Others left. Others resigned. 
and, and, and any sort of response anywhere in between. But I was just thinking about it that when a leader asks you to do something that is actually in the Bible, they wish you something good. They are not trying to... to it's one thing if someone tells you not to love your wife, then, then they are wrong. But if I come and tell you, love your wife, and then I even tell you, this is how you love your wife, and then you chop wires and leave the church. It's like, hey, so you don't want to love your wife, right? So, I was like, it was a good thing because it revealed a lot of people's hearts. But also, it was a good precursor. It was a good tension creator so that we can answer some of the questions in people's minds that came out of that. So we are going to take a few weeks, not really talking about giving per se, but talking about stewardship over finances and the idea that God has blessed us, people. God has blessed us and his idea behind blessing us is so that we can be a blessing to other people. Did you know that there are many people who are praying today and it is very likely that you are the answer that God has provided. But when your heart is not already set to answering God's you know, prayer, then, then those people continue to go on as if God doesn't care. So for example, there are people who are praying for their relatives to get saved. So when you join a missional community and you go out for evangelism, you are the answer to that person's prayer. I don't know if I'm making sense. There are people who are praying to God for provision. They, they lack essential things. And you are the answer to that person's prayer because God is going to send you. But it's a bit complicated when you try to send a person whose heart is already set on not being sent. I don't know if you want to... Uh, so what happens is that God starts sending the people who are responsive. And he starts leaving out those who are not responding. And because he's sending them and they need to go with resources, he also starts directing the resources to the people who are responsive. Amen. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. This is foundational for those of us who are saved. And here is what's foundational about it. We are already blessed. We are blessed. You and I are not looking for blessings. You and I don't need to do anything for God to bless us because God has already blessed us. Amen. So that should be good news or bad news depending on where your heart is. We are already blessed. We are already blessed. If you are in Christ, you are blessed. Now, the question immediately comes to mind, where is the evidence? Where is the evidence? So, that's the question that most people are not answering well. Now, the blessing is not money. I've already said that. I'm going to prove it even later. The blessing is eternal life, according to Psalm 133, verse 3. Okay. 
But let's investigate this verse on its own merit. He says he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, most people, especially those of us who preach grace and believe in grace, and, you know, you know, no revelation is terrible. When you have no revelation, it's so bad. It's also very bad when you have partial revelation. Yeah. If that day you touch an elephant, all you touch is the trunk, you're going to convince everyone that that's the shape. And uh, if you touch the tusks, you, uh, you swear to God, elephants are hard, they are like wood. Because you touch the tusk, it's partial revelation. You didn't have wholesome revelation. So some of the people who are arguing against some of the things we are teaching is saying we are now going into works, we are religious. It is, no, 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 no. You're already blessed. I'm already blessed. But you have to understand what kind of blessing we've received because it says he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Now, if you think about it, the blessing that God gives us, he gives this to us in seed form. Seed form. And that seed form of the blessing is the word of God. The sower sows the word. The words I speak today are spirit and they are life. Spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He has exalted his word above all his name. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Let me use contrasts here to show you something. Now, you have to, for you to understand this, you have to understand what he says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 where he says that now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are spirit, soul, and body. You're not just one mashed up thing. You're spirit, soul, and body. And when you got saved, it is your spirit that God transformed. If anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 All things are passed away, now all things are New 5.18. Now all things of God. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. 1 John 4.17 says that love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Okay? Now, you are exactly like Christ now in your spirit. Not in your soul, not in your body. So the blessing we've received, you see, your spirit is a heavenly place because you are one with God in your spirit. So your spirit is a heaven. When they say heavenly places, he, does, he didn't say heaven actually. He says heavenly places. Your spirit is a heavenly place because your spirit corresponds exactly to the word of God. Meaning that in your spirit is all the peace you'll ever need. Even when you're in the midst of a storm and you're frightened, there is peace in your spirit. All you need to do is access it. In your spirit is all the joy you'll ever need. Even when you are so terribly sad and depressed, all you need to do is access it. In your spirit is all the healing you'll ever need. Even when your body is, is terribly sick. All you need to do is access it. 
in your spirit is all the resources that you will ever need even when your pocket is severely empty all you need to do is access it so now all the things we are teaching is how to access what is already there it's not about creating it it's not about creating blessing it's about you're blessed but where is the evidence First Peter 2.24 says, He who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins may live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. That's an established truth. Done. Deal. You were healed. Now let me ask you, do you ever experience sickness in your body? The answer is yes. But you were healed. That's not a contradiction. You see, one of, a sign of, one of the signs of maturity is being able to hold two truths that are in tension together. That's why marriage is for the mature. Hmm. You can hold two positions like, yeah, without feeling contradicted. That's, that's marriage. You've spoken badly to me. I love you. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not, you've spoken badly to me, I'm not going to speak to you. That's immature. You have to be able to hold seemingly contradictory information together as a mature person. So by his stripes you were healed, but there is a wound. Then that shows you that all that needs to be embraced is the process of the physical condition reconciling itself with the spiritual condition because what is spiritual doesn't change. Like the key E doesn't change because music is spiritual. Now you, you can sing off key even when they play you the E note. Now, what needs to happen? Whoever created music shouldn't adjust E to sound different. All that needs to happen is for you to reconcile your voice to the key. That's when you become a good singer. Being a good singer is not to say, me, my voice is this way. You, you, you are just lucky. Now, maturity. Ah! Maturity is understanding that the note they are playing is E, and that the note I'm singing is different, and that for us to move forward, I need to move from here where I'm singing to E. That's maturity. Now when you're immature, you can't join the worship team. Because every time they tell you, sister, you are slightly off key. You think they are attacking you. You take offense. 
You leave the team. Prophet Angela, you know, guess, guess. How could she tell me I'm of okay? Look, she's not. She, look, you were healed, but you're depressed. We shouldn't adjust the scripture to suit your state of depression and agree with you. No, you need to embrace the maturity of, oh, in his presence is fullness of joy. So let me start the journey. And where you're too weak to take it by yourself, you call for the brethren. Say, brethren, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you might be healed. James 5, 16, right? That's when you call the brethren. Joy eludes me. Take me there. Second Corinthians 8, 9. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Are there people? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. Maturity is understanding that in Christ Jesus God has already ordained you for wealth. When heaven looks at you they see wealth because God is a spirit. And those who worship him, John 4.24 should worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. It will be shocking to you to discover that when God looks at you, he doesn't see your poverty. Because in your spirit, there is no poverty. And God interacts with you at spirit level. When God looks at you in spirit, he sees someone who is as wealthy as him. An heir of all things. Isn't that what the scripture says? It says the Holy Spirit will come and will guide you. He will show you Jesus said, all things that the Father are, has are mine. If they could find me that scripture, it's in John. Towards the end. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is um, mine and will declare it to you. That's the Holy Spirit. He takes what belongs to the Father, which is what belongs to the Son, and he declares it to you. Why? Because you are a joint heir. If they leave us a great inheritance between Pastor Chris Kawesa here and myself, if we are joint heirs, it doesn't work if I know everything we have inherited and he knows nothing. No. For, for, if they leave a will in a family and say so and so has died and gone to heaven, by the way, God already died and rose again, so the wheel is already fixed. And then they say, you, you, you take this. You, you know, the wheel is going to be contentious if other people don't know what other people are getting. That's why they read it publicly. So that's what Jesus says, that all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he, who? The Holy Spirit. Take me to the previous verse. Are there people still watching? Or what people have left already? And the previous verse. Even as my mic gets better. 
However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Verse 14. He will glorify me. This is how he glorifies Jesus. For, in other words, because he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Now, this is not complicated, but it can be if you choose. He will glorify me by declaring what is mine to you. What's the relationship? This is not about the Holy Spirit showing us how much Jesus has until we are, our jaws drop. No. The way Jesus is glorified is when we who are his bride understand what we possess. If a wealthy prince marries a girl from the village, And that girl from the village keeps walking around with that wealthy prince and she has no shoes on and she's still wearing her clothes from the village which she got 10 years ago, second hand, third hand probably, with patches. Huh? With lots of patches. And she's musiwufu. She's uh, pale. She, she, doesn't, she doesn't use perfume. She doesn't use she, no makeup, nothing. But this wealthy prince is in a chariot with a crown and the latest peak, what are the, the usual whatever nowadays, brands. She, he's driving in the latest Rolls Royce while she walks alongside and is wearing the latest brands. What are the good brands of nowadays? Homebaked is not a clothing line. Okay. My God. Christian Dior, etc. We are all going to worry seriously about the kind of relationship they have. If indeed they is wrong. Because they'll be like, they'll be like, you see that awesome guy who's glowing in who's whatever, that babe there within Chacha. And whose, whose toes are like this, and uh, in some dress with patches, that's his bride. No, that is shame, not glory. That says, He will glorify me, for He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit is the one responsible to say, Hey, babe, talking to the church, Hey, babe. Your new husband, the groom, Jesus, owns the whole universe. And then he says, now let me show you what, some of what you own. Take me to the next verse. Verse 15. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said he will of mine, which is what? Which is everything that the Father has. And we will declare it to you. He will show you your stuff. 
Give me First Corinthians chapter 2. Is it verse 16? Let me find it. It has to do with the same truth. No, 16 is the very last verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse... This is when I should have come with my analog Bible. 1 Corinthians, not 2 Corinthians, forgive. 1 Corinthians 2 verse... Nine and ten. Nine and ten. Mm-mm. Twelve. Twelve. Verse twelve. Now we have received. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. And it tells you why. That we might know. The things we, that have been freely given to us by God. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is not to argue about tongues, no tongues, falling, no falling, rolling, no rolling, wide eyes, no wide eyes, no. It's so that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. That we might know the healing that has been freely purchased for us by God. That we might know the wealth, the riches that have been freely given to us by God. That we might know the peace, the joy, the wisdom that has been freely given to us by God. That we might know the self-control. That we might know that the faith. The things that have been freely given to us by God. Remember, we are still investigating the verse, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us already with every spiritual blessing in the very presence of Christ. The point is, why aren't we manifesting those things? We should be the solution to the world's problems. Why are we calling on the world to bail us out? Why are we the ones looking for jobs, not creating jobs? Why are we the ones asking for money in our extended families instead of giving money? Why are we the ones... Uh, uh, it's because we are operating with partial revelation and then we think we are operating with full revelation. Why are we the ones who are depressed instead of the ones who are encouraging the depressed ones? When we have everything. Verse 6 of Philemon Philemon 6 he says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus acknowledge I'm blessed I'm blessed that's the first stage and then ask I am blessed but why is the manifestation so when I teach you about being blessed to be a blessing, you see, you, you, you're blessed. Hmm? But your neighbor, hmm? who you should bless, your neighbor who has no rent, and you need to bless them, you cannot pay spirit, rent in spiritual wealth. 
For you to be a blessing, your blessing must manifest. You can't pay school fees in heavenly currency. You can't buy food in heavenly currency. You can't buy fuel in heavenly currency. To be a blessing, you must manifest your blessing. I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Blessed to be a blessing. I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Living in the overflow, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Yes, I agree with you. Blessed to be a blessing, I agree with you. I'm blessed, I'm blessed. Living in the overflow. That's the one we need. We need, our lives need to be evidence. Someone is saying you can't pay dowry in spiritual kindness. <laughs> so yes, we are blessed. It's time to show up. It's time for us to evidence the blessing. Our friends at Fanero, they, their tagline is make manifest. Yeah. Yes, you got it. Now manifest it. Pay your own rent. Pay the neighbor's rent. Buy your food. Buy someone else some food. Pay your student's school fees. Pay for someone else's student's school fees. That you are, now you are now what? You are manifesting. Miles Monroe said that when purpose is not unknown, abuse is inevitable. When purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. So we have to approach this whole thing with purpose in mind. Why? Why has God blessed me like this? Why has God given me the wisdom? Why has God given me the money? Why has God blessed me? Deuteronomy 8.18 We are just going to sort of dip our fingers into it and then we are going to come back next week and go deeper into it. Deuteronomy 8.18 declares and you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Remember the Lord. Why? He gives you power to do what? to get well. God doesn't give you power to sustain poverty. I'll let that sink in. Because some people, for, for them, they believe that God has called them to be able to show the world how you can endure poverty. Where is the scripture you're reading? Yeah. Yeah. God hasn't called you to show us how to endure poverty. No. He has given you power to get wealth. So if you're not getting rich, you're not using God's power properly. Yeah. You're using it for some other things. 
Now, of course, you can use God's power for so many things, to heal the sick, to preach the gospel. Everything we do, we need God's power. But in this specific instance, Moses is talking to the Israelites and he's telling them, guys, God has given you power for something. There is something God has given you power for. It is called what? Creating wealth. That's why today, the Jews are the richest people in the world because they live by this principle. And everything that we try to teach you, they, they practice tithing, saving, everything, everything. Innovating. Power to get wealth. There are only 0.02% Jews in the world. 0.02%. Yeah. They are about. The percentage is dropping because the population is, of the world is increasing. And then they are 0.02%, but they make up they own 11% of the world's wealth. No, actually, no. The 11% of the billionaires in the world are Jewish. In America, it's 25%. In 2018, of the 10 richest people in in the US, eight were Jewish. It's right here. Power to get wealth. It's from God. It's not about the hustle. No, it's about the blessing. And I'm going to be going deep into this thing next Sunday to show you where you come in. But let's first believe it as it is now. It says, it is he who gives you power to get wealth. So stop your excuses and, and poverty mentality. All you, those are just excuses. Unless the scripture is not true. When Solomon encountered God, God asked him, what do you want? He said, give me wisdom. He said, okay, there is wisdom. Now, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a lot of money. Because wealth is the firstborn child of wisdom. Look, if you read the whole Bible, you'll find that everyone who encountered God experienced increase. And everyone who encountered the devil experienced reduction. When God created the, the world, everything was good and flourishing until the serpent came and spoke to Eve. That's when things became hard. Abraham, a man of God, even before he could get his firstborn son of promise, was so wealthy. When God enters the room, wealth is in the equation automatically. Automatically. If you deny that, you're already corrupted and don't say that's your corruption. Yeah. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Solomon, David, everyone. The kings. If you read 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, you find that every time they turned to the Lord and obeyed and honored God, there was provision. Every time they worshipped Baal and other gods, there was need. That's why there is a, a nation which is only about an hour's flight away from the USA, whose official religion is voodoo, which is witchcraft, and they are among the poorest countries in the world, being in a neighborhood of such wealth. Witchcraft, by the way, is one of the suckers of wealth. 
Think about Jesus. And it came to pass in that day that he came to a village named Chaliwajala with his disciples. And there gathered a great multitude of people unto him. And behold, upon his arrival, there was so much scarcity that hit Chaliwajala that everyone marveled and said, Son of man, what is this? When thou camest, bread getteth scarce. That's how some people read the Bible. Look, everywhere Jesus went, there was abundance. When he arrived and the wine is about to get finished. Oh, my God. He unleashed so much wine, people were like, I thought we were in day eight of the wedding. Where has this wine come from? When he showed up for his crusades, Jesus' crusades are on the only crusades in history where they don't just preach the gospel but feed people. Very good food. The bread was so good they abandoned their homes and shops, closed the shops, hired boats and crossed the lake to have some more of it. That's called abundance. When the Holy Spirit came down in the book of Acts, the Bible says that no one lacked anything. Every move of God is followed by abundance and every move of the devil is followed by scarcity. So if you are in scarcity, I want you to know it is not the Lord moving in your life. For it is who gives you the power to get wealth. But there is a purpose. What's the purpose? That he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Who are the fathers of Israel? It's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You can go and do this research yourself. Go to the book of Deuteronomy and type in fathers. You're going to find seven scriptures that show you that every time you talk about the father, and especially where he says he swore to your fathers, it's always Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Including Deuteronomy 1 8, Deuteronomy 6 10, Deuteronomy 9 5. What is it that God swore to these people? He told them, Through you and your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That's the covenant. That's why He gives you power to get wealth, to be a blessing to all the nations. When you're broke, the only person you're thinking about is you. When your children's fees is not paid, you're not thinking of buying for the neighbors. When the landlord is on your case because you're in month three without paying rent. I've ever stayed in a house where I didn't pay rent. I was in month four. 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 So I know what I'm talking about. You can be sure I was not there trying to think how to parent for my neighbors. The only person's rent you're thinking about when yours is not paid is you. So let's stop playing games. Because people like to play religious games. They are like that woman that Jesus was talking to in John 4. He's telling, he's telling, they're having very good conversation. Go, go, go bring your husband. Very, very pertinent life issues. Go bring your husband. 
I don't have no husband. I say, of course. You've had five. You're number six. And even that one is not yours. Very, you, know, you know when God confronts you? I think Pastor Bithri and Angela are going to come now. When God confronts you, a very pertinent issue about your life, a wound you're hiding, a thing you're working with, and then you work theological. She, she goes, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews said that we should worship at Jerusalem. And you want to discuss worship at Jerusalem? Where is Pastor Bithri and Angela? That is exactly how Christians behave today. That's why the church has lost its relevance and its position. And we are not having the impact we should be having. Because of time we are confronted about things that are pertinent to our own lives. And the things we should do to change our lives and the lives of our neighbors. And the people around us to love them effectively. We work theological. May God save you from the stupidity of waxing theological when they're addressing a thing that is in the house. We will continue next Sunday. Don't miss the series. Blessed to be our blessing. Pastor B3. Wow. Thank you so much, Apostle. We are already blessed where is the evidence and God wants us to have the evidence of the blessing because that's what glorifies him that's what makes the light shine I'm going to encourage you today if you've watched this to watch it again members of worship harvest watch it again go into your mission or community groups today after the service and actually share highlights and action points but watch it again at least one more time Okay, let the word of God sink deep in your heart. I believe with all my heart that this series is unusual, that it's unlike anything we've had before concerning financial prosperity. And God wants to do something new and fresh. So come with the mind of a learner and a child and receive from God. So much has been said today. Two things I want to, you know, um, just highlight. One, if you're here and you've been involved in witchcraft, Apostle touched on it, and I felt a strong conviction that there are people watching and you've been involved in witchcraft, actually, as a means to prosper and to protect yourself. But the enemy cannot protect yourself. He, you, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. God is the protector. And so today... I'd like you to do something very simple. In the book of James, uh, James writes and says, confess your faults to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Not that you may be exposed. <laughs> that you may be healed. I, I feel that the Holy Spirit wants you to expose this thing to light to someone, you know, if you're a missional leader or your pastor, they will pray for you and you'll be healed and you'll cut ties and stop that pattern in your life because if you continue, you are going to start seeing theft, death, 
and destruction in your life. And that's not God's will for you. God's will for you is life in its fullness. I'd like to pray with you if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. If God is not in charge, there's another force at work in your life and that force does not lead to blessing. It leads to curse. It leads to pain and destruction. God wants to give you a life in its fullness and I'd like to invite you today. I want you to make Jesus Lord of your life if you've never made that decision. There is no better decision. Everything we are talking about today does not work without that decision of making Jesus Lord of your life. So you're watching, you're alone, you're with some people, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, don't postpone it. Put your hand up. Yes, wherever you are, no fear in love. That hand up is you identifying with God and saying, I am the one who has chosen to follow you today. Go ahead, put up that hand boldly. Yes, go ahead. If you're surrounded by friends and family, go on and just surround that person. Put your hand up and pray this simple prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I come home. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I receive your life and I give you mine. Take my life and do something significant with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are born again. And there will be a number running on your screen. Please send us a message and let us know you've made that decision so that we can walk with you. Amen. Apostle Moses has kept saying how there's a move of the Spirit. There's a move of the Spirit. And today he said that the Holy Spirit declares to us what is ours. Shows us what is ours. I'd like to invite everyone right now. <laughs> you've never prayed. You've never prayed in tongues before. You've never prayed in tongues before. It says that the Holy Spirit prays in a language you cannot understand. Paraphrase. Praise sometimes when you do not know how to pray. He prays for us. He prays and he shows us things that belong to us. So I want to invite us all, wherever you are in your house, just start praying in tongues. There are people right now receiving the gift of tongues. There's a move of the Spirit right now. The Holy Spirit is going to declare and show us what is ours, what God has given us. There's a move, there's a move. Some of you, as you pray, you're getting pictures in your mind and you're getting instructions of things to do. Some of you are getting names, some of you are getting names. Send that person a message, ask them, How may I pray for you? You're receiving instructions. Write them down and walk in obedience. One of the big instructions today is for you to give. Apostle shared and said you ascend to spiritual things. You ascend to spiritual things. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. This is what you're going to do. He is touching your money. I want you to ascend to spiritual things and do the thing that the enemy do go against what he's telling you to do. He's asking you to hold, he's asking you to hold, to, to hold on, he's asking you to hold on to that money. And God is asking you to give. There's an instruction for people here. 
How does God tell us what belongs to us? It's in the Word. So every day, after your 5 a.m. prayer, at 6 a.m., read the Word. Pray from 5 to 6, and now you've received the, the, the gift of speaking in tongues. Pray from 5 to 6. And then at 6 a.m., put in some time in the Word. Put in some time in the Word and pray. There is healing. The Holy Spirit is moving, and He's moving with instruction, and He's moving with healing. In the name of Jesus, I speak to any sickness right now. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God has come that you might have life, and life in its fullness, and that includes healing. God has taken sickness away from the midst of you, away from the midst of you. You are a disease-free zone. There is no sickness in and around you. In the name of Jesus, I command that fever to go right now in the name of Jesus. Someone was thinking of going for a COVID test. You do not have COVID. You are well. I command that fever to go right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the enemy. The enemy has been trying to touch people's limbs. So people are feeling pain in their shoulders, pain in their backs, pain in their legs. I rebuke the enemy. Go! Go! In the name of Jesus. Take your hands off the children of God. There are people who have been worried about their minds. You feel like you're losing your mind. You feel like you're losing your mind. I rebuke the enemy. I command the enemy to take his tentacles out of your mind. You remember words. You remember things. Your memory is back. You remember things from when you were a child. You remember things from last week. Your memory is restored in the name of Jesus. God wants to manifest the blessing. Abma was teaching today and he said, the blessing manifested is not just about you having stuff. It's about you paying your rent and paying your neighbor's rent. It's about you paying for your meal and paying your neighbor's meal. Father, in the name of Jesus, that I declare that we walk, we walk into this blessing right now. We walk into this blessing manifested. Some of you, there are instructions that you need to follow to walk into this blessing. For some of you, it is giving. For many of us, it is actually declaring your weekly income to your disciple. It is in saving and investing. But I declare that we walk into a new dispensation of the blessing where it's not about us, that the new dispensation of the blessing that it's us and the nations. When we pay rent, we pay for our neighbor. When we pay for our meal, we pay for the next table. When we buy groceries, we pay for the next table. We pay school fees for people. We take care of needs. We build houses. We give away cars. In the name of Jesus, we receive this new dispensation. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. There's someone, you have wounds all over your body. Wounds. And God is healing you right now. God is healing you right now. We rebuke those wounds and we command your body to receive the life of God right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Another person, you've been particularly forgetting dreams, dreams that you know are very significant and it's been making you really worried and afraid. We put an end to that. In the name of Jesus, we command remembrance that you will no longer forget in the name of Jesus, and you don't need to fear. You don't need to fear. The last person, I keep hearing the word forgiveness, and the sense I get is that you need to receive forgiveness. Ask forgiveness, actually. That you need to um, go to someone, I sense it's a leader, 
that, that you have not treated well and ask their forgiveness and you know why there's something particularly in your life that you know isn't working as it should and it's because of that issue in your life that God wants to set straight and so do it today don't delay it God wants to release you Amen there's someone your, your, your arm is stiff you failed to stretch it out I command your muscles to work right now please just stretch out your arm stretch out your arm you've been trying to it's been like stuck in one position and each time you try to stretch it out it hurts and it has even even your your fingers i command that arm to stretch out right now in the name of jesus just start stretching out you started stretching out and you felt a bit of pain i command that pain to go and i command you to stretch out your arm in the name of jesus how god anointed jesus yes of nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Pastor Angela has prayed for people to be healed. Pastor Bithri has prayed for people to be healed. God is still, in, is still healing people. In fact, some of you are like the man who was blind and then Jesus prayed for him. He started seeing but not clearly. He said, I see men moving like trees and then he prayed for him again and there was a completion. Remember, if you are born again, everything we are talking about is ready in your spirit. So all we are doing is helping you access it from your spirit to your body, to your soul, to your environment, to your family, to your marriage. It's available. So if you're sick in any part of your body, just put your hand there. And we're going to pray a simple prayer of faith. The Bible says a prayer of faith will heal the sick and if he has committed sins, they'll be forgiven. So, Father, I thank you for everyone who's laying hands anywhere on their body, on the body of that child. Some of you have sick people in your house. Just go and do that right now. We received many testimonies of people who laid hands on people who were other people, not themselves in the house, and they got healed. So, God is going to continue doing that because he loves you and he doesn't want you to be in pain and discomfort. And when God does it, please send a testimony to your location pastor or someone that you think will send through that testimony because we want to keep glorifying God for what he does. So Father, thank you for that healing. Thank you because it's not by power, not by might, but by your spirit. And we thank you because your Holy Spirit is here, your Holy Spirit is there where they are. And as those hands are laid on those bodies, right now we command healing total, complete healing and restoration, recreation of organs in the name of Jesus. Things that were already going wrong in your body, we command them to start moving in the right direction in the name of Jesus. Someone has a headache on your right hand of the head, around about where the ear is. God is healing that right now. In the name of Jesus, healing of pain in your temple, uh, right side of your, your head somewhere between the eye and the ear there, there, something, pounding headache and other everything, God is healing you just receive it, receive it we bless you Jesus, thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit thank you Holy Spirit someone has been told there is a problem with your with a blood vessel somewhere in the neck area a blood vessel in the neck area God is healing you 
I don't know what that is called, or, but something inside, something in the neck area, receive that someone's wrist, left hand wrist. There's pain, God is healing you, receive that. Receive that, receive that, receive that. Muscle pain in someone's right leg, God is healing you, I don't know what the cause might be. Just receive that, receive that. Yeah, receive that. Pastor Angela talked about people who are experiencing back pain. I'm one of those who have had back pain for a couple of months now, and I'm getting healed. But I want, I think God wants to heal some of you even now, even now, instantly from that condition. Sometimes when you're sick, you can't imagine that a time will come and you'll be free from that pain. And that's how the enemy deceives you. You start adjusting to living with that pain but God doesn't want you to adjust God wants you to be healed don't adjust to the pain adjust to the word don't adjust to the pain adjust to the word that's someone's word don't adjust to the pain adjust to the word thank you Jesus there are some few people you've received a very bad financial report in the last maybe one or two weeks just believe God he can correct that I've received very ridiculous testimonies Sometimes I stand here and talk about debt cancellation and people think we are playing games. I've received testimonies of debt cancellation of more than a million dollars. Yeah, because of the prophetic word. Amen. So I know someone got a bad financial report in the last two weeks and God wants to not worry about it. He's going to take care of it. Yeah. You're going to come out of this stronger, Amen. wiser. You're going places, somebody you're going places I'm seeing as if the, you know the theme of Saw of yesterday at, at, at uh, Transform I'm seeing that I'm seeing that spiritually some people are about to get to take off stage I don't Amen. know what it is like how, this is how you know it the future will be so different from the past like you will not be able to reconcile that we've seen it here at Worship Harvest what we've experienced in the last one year compared to what we have experienced 14 years before that, the two are irreconcilable. You can't even... It's hard to imagine it's the same church. It's hard to imagine it's the same ministry. The level of acceleration and speed that we are seeing. And that's what God wants to do in your life. Someone, just receive it. Just receive it. Pray in the spirit, somebody. Just pray, pray, pray. Worship God. Worship God. Give thanks. Thank God for his word. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is final on any matter. Your word is final. Your word is final, Lord. We love you. I feel like there are some people who are watching. And when Pastor B3 made the invitation to salvation, you did not respond to it. And God is giving you a second chance to respond to salvation. He's the God of many chances. Amen. Don't say no to God today. Because you don't know whether you'll have an opportunity like this again. You're assuming you'll tune in another Sunday and say yes. Don't make assumptions, my friend. Don't make assumptions about life. Don't make assumptions about life. God wants to save you today. Today is the day of salvation. There's no scripture that says salvation is for tomorrow. Salvation is for today. There's a reason you're watching today. There's a reason you're listening today and not tomorrow. Just humble yourself. 
humble yourself and receive the free gift of salvation. So wherever you are again, put that hand up. Put it up. Shamelessly. Whether that's at home, whether that's in a compound, whether you're under a tent, whether you're in a restaurant, if you're driving, you can stop. Put it up. Put up that hand. Because salvation is today. So Father, I thank you for the people whose hands are up. That they are receiving you today. Just pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I come to you. I give you my life. Give you my life. Take it. Take it. And do something significant with it. Amen. If you pray that prayer, you're saved. Just receive the free gift of salvation. Amen. Amen. And our friends, may God bless you. May he cause his face to shine on you. May he give you peace. In the name of Jesus, we close every door that is meant to bring in the enemy to hurt you. And we open every door of blessing to you. You will not be the same. This week, you are surrounded with favor as a shield. Everywhere you go, every phone call you make will be met by favor in the name of Jesus. Receive that. Some of you think we are just speaking words. We are not speaking words, my friend. We are not just speaking words. Receive it. You're going to make a phone call and there will be favor on the other end of that line in the name of Jesus. There's good news in your house in the name of Jesus. There's peace in your house. There's joy in your house. We command healing upon your household that whatever the enemy has meant for evil, may God turn out for good. May you advance faster, quicker than all your peers. May your light so shine before men that they will glorify your Father who is in heaven. We bless you with the blessing of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. See you next Sunday. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.